0: This episode was originally a live stream on YouTube. You could find out about all my content and how to follow and support me at erichunley.com. I hope to hear from you. And now, on with the show. My name is Eric Hunley, and this is Unstructured, where we have dynamic and informal conversations with some amazing people. we are back with uh our second CIA exploration oh. kind of we didn't want to stop with just or we didn't want to try to throw everything in just the film alone was enough to do an entire hour and now we have the CIA in the news so i'm back again with mark Grobert, the um what 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 do you call yourself the forrest gump of pop culture how are That's you doing fine, yeah. That's
1: funny, because years ago, somebody said, you're the Forrest Gump of pop culture, because I told him I was at every seminal event in pop culture history, which just happens to be an oddity, and he said, you're the Forrest Gump of pop culture.
0: Well, hey, it works. Um, I'm trying to figure out, you because you and Barnes are so similar in terms of your deep encyclopedic knowledge of just like all kinds of things going on. I guess he would be more on the historical political side, and you're more on the pop culture side. Well, obviously, a lot of overlapping in there.
1: That's true. And I, I did a lot more acid than Barnes did. I can guarantee you that. Um, so I'm coming from a psychedelic side also that Barnes is definitely not coming from. But that may, that may allow him to be sharper and more wittier and uh, have a better memory than me. But I uh, had much more fun than Barnes, and everyone knows that.
0: Okay. Now, to the show this week, we're going to start with one guy here in a second i'm Hold on. curious i want to
1: interrupt you for one second wish you a happy Please. birthday eric oh, thank so you. everybody knows it's your birthday and also courtney it's her birthday too she's in arizona so both of you oh. i just want to wish you both a very very happy birthday tonight go on sorry
0: no thank you thank you very much <laughs> and anybody who wants to give a birthday present go check out my locals <laughs> at i'm learning no, from right. Barnes. don't delay <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely learning from Barnes. Right, right. All right. No, I'm curious. Okay. You did a treatment, which was essentially a CIA and media, and mm-hmm. you kind of put in both the news and Hollywood. You had personal experiences with the CIA being involved in film, but you reached out further to look into the news and look into children of the CIA. What set you down this extra path?
1: I guess my particular experiences with the CIA, uh, you know, having to go to court, having them write my script or rewrite my script without me knowing it at Langley. And I began to look into what other areas of media the CIA had their tentacles in. And I was astonished to learn, A, as I've indicated to you, that they tend to run in families, which is Mm -hmm. a a separate episode that we're going to get into of CIA family connections. They trust families. That is one of their barometers of using father, son, grandfather, relative. It it gives them a certain amount of trust in their area. Uh, There's many examples we can get into in another episode of this episode. You know, Alex Gibney and Frank Gibney, his father working at Newsweek. Alex Gibney becoming the, uh, you know, flavor of the month in terms of making documentaries for the CIA. Um, You know, and by the way, I just want to couch something here. You know, when you say somebody is doing something for the CIA, it doesn't make their product bad. You know, when I point out Frank uh, Gibney's connection to Alex Gibney, people go, well, I like Alex Gibney's documentaries, as if that absolves (laughs) his connection to the CIA and making their movies. I mean, it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I, I like his movies. Well, the hit piece that he did on Julian Assange, a lot of us didn't like. The fact that the mm. money was funneled through Universal Pictures, which is used as a conduit, a lot of the studios going back to 1949, uh, especially Disney, Touchstone, and 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 in my case, it was Spyglass. Um, you know how to deal with Disney that that
0: were able to ironically f- named,
1: un- ironically named. I mean, Touchstone, like I said, was the original name of the secret project. It was called Operation Touchstone to make um, uh, George Orwell's Animal Farm into the most expensive animated cartoon in world history at the time. Uh, The CIA bought the rights from his uh, widow and was able to carve out that movie using British cover stories and a a thing called Touchstone, Operation Touchstone.
0: And it was good. It was very well done. It was good.
1: And obviously, that's getting back to uh, Alex Gibney. (laughs) The documentary is a very, they don't hire people who make shit product. That would defeat their purpose. They're looking for the Steven Spielberg of spying. Put it that way.
0: Into their credit. Um, they, to their
1: credit, to their credit.
0: Well, I have to admire them, and we talked about this before, especially with the films. And we'll be, uh, you know, probably talking about it here. They have to really find talented people because they don't have the actual strength to strong arm. Like the um, Department of Defense, and we discuss right. that. Like, it, you know, the Navy can say, "Oh, you wanted to have that aircraft carrier to shoot?" Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, they Your have. Doesn't mean
1: they have nothing over. That's why one of the episodes in there was Leon Panetta, head of the CIA, having a, a a chef show come over and cook for him. I mean, just they've, they all they do is grant entrance, quote unquote, to this to Langley. They, they have nothing, Eric. You're right. There is really nothing they can offer. Other than, you know, people's romantic vision of the CIA and wanting to be part of that, which is a, uh, you know, a real low level of, of, of love and involvement of people who, you know, quote unquote, want to be involved with these guys. You know, and they prey on that, too. They prey on people who want to be big fish, you know, and keep a secret or not keep a secret. You know, they may be vulnerable in certain areas, but I no, mean, it, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, 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 you mentioned legacy. And I was thinking about it. Doesn't the CIA kind of stem out of sort of the Northeastern University, blue-bloody type of environment? So where you have things like um, Skull and Bones, coincidentally, George H.W. Bush. I don't know if he was in, but George W. was in Skull and Bones. Mm-hmm. And in Yale, there's a lot of Yaleys and people like that all involved in CIA, right?
1: Right. Well, if you look at the new advertising, they're branching out into woke multicultural uh, uh... Areas now they're not sticking. Oh, yeah, those advertisements are absolutely insane. Uh, so I'm, clearly, I'm sure that the, the i tr- sure
0: the traditionalists will love that. Yeah, very <laughs> <I mean>,
1: much. <laughs> it's three, it's three days of the woke condor as I call it now. I mean this 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 is crazy. This is crazy. I had two mommies, so I belong in the CIA. I mean those are your qualifications. At least the Ivy League. You know, in my film that I did called The Farm, uh which became <laughs> a recruit. You know, it shows them recruiting at an Ivy League institution, which is where they traditionally would recruit. You know, getting back to um, another script that I another script that I did called uh, about Abby Hoffman, a biopic that I wrote about Abby Hoffman. Abby Hoffman later in life in the 80s uh, hooked up with Amy Carter, Jimmy Carter's daughter and formed a protest movement to ban the CIA from recruiting college students on the American campuses of the United States of America. They went to court and defeated the CIA in open court from uh, uh, recruiting college kids on U.S. campuses at that time. I think it's long since been um, eliminated or somehow overtaken, but they went to court, Abby Hoffman, the the 60s you know uh yippie, the cheerleader
0: episode and, to come
1: and, and episode <laughs> to come and amy carter the president's daughter you're talking about strange bedfellows i don't know if he was banging her but who knows uh, abby was a sex addict and bipolar so anything goes there who knows what what happened to amy she, <laughs> amy kind of disappeared i don't know she, she's not like hillary's daughter you know but Anyway, so they went to court and defeated the CIA in open court, uh, which was one of Abby's greatest achievements, according to him. And it was late in his life. It was in the 80s, right before he died, a couple of years mm. before he committed suicide. But uh, the fact is that they can be defeated in court. They can. There can be victories. They don't, you don't have to live under the intimidation of this KGB thing that is now turned against us as American citizens. I mean, their domestic charter does not exist. They have an international charter. They're banned from, from operating on American soil. And yet, you know, we see them, you know, thumbing their nose having John Brennan uh, spying on Di- on, on Diane Feinstein's uh, computer a number of years ago, you know, about the Guantanamo torture situation. They don't care if it's left or right. The, I mean, the, you know, a sex addict doesn't care how hot the girl is. You know what I mean? A r- rape is about power. It's not about oh, sex yeah. attraction. And that's what it is with these guys. It's about power. It's not about Democrat or Republican or, or whatever. They just want to be in charge. And they, leading up to where we are now, have infiltrated the American news media to such an extent as to be the most terrifying thing in the history of the United States. I mean, for years now, I've called for a cabinet level media czar position. That can oversee the American media. And I don't mean censoring them. I don't mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, doing anything other than having to call in the president of CBS onto the carpet and say, What the hell was that last night on your national news show? And I mean using the internal bully pulpit as a cabinet member to pressure these people into telling the truth mm-hmm. and not having CIA and intelligence uh, 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 officials literally leave their organization and join them the next day with all their security clearances,
0: Eric. I've got a great idea. How about if uh, social media... Oh, look, we're already yellow. Um, How about if social media were to flag or the news is forced to flag, you know, those cute little flags on Wikipedia now and on posts everywhere, if you post something that's against the narrative and I'm not saying what it is because I'm already you know, demonetized. Um, How about if they were actually responsible and put a little flag underneath saying, known association with CIA, this analyst? Uh,
1: Originally, they did do that. They did do that originally. And I think they they were pressured to eventually drop it. I mean, there's a number of them, you know, when they first appeared on TV, they said former CIA analyst. That's all disappeared now. All of that stuff is gone. You know, it's just that they're, they're Walter Cronkite. They, you know, they, they're they the same as everybody else. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, to start with, with somebody out of the blue, I mean, Anderson Cooper, I don't know what you did on your summer vacations. This guy here, Anderson Cooper, right? So on my summer vacations, we went to the Catskills, lived in a bungalow colony, played games. We went and did different things. You know, when I, um, when I got off college in the summer, you know, a lot of people go to Europe. They do different things. They have summer flings. What Anderson Cooper did every summer was he interned at the Central Intelligence Agency as an intern to learn, uh, I guess, what an intern does at the uh, Central Intelligence Agency. In his own memoir, he talks about not being sure. He ends up overseas. He doesn't know why he's overseas. He's searching, trying to see if he wants to be a news guy. And it's all a of shit. The point of the matter is, when you tell publicly that you interned at the CIA, you might as well be saying, I am a former CIA or current CIA operative or have I have conduits into the CIA. Now, the reason Anderson Cooper is important is because when he first did it, being gay, he was not openly gay at the time. And the CIA would not hire anybody who was gay because they could be vulnerable to blackmail yeah. and other kinds of deceit. And,
0: he was and also he's also a Vanderbilt, though. And, right. that comes, and I think was, that's very important. Very to, important. Um, he's only why? he would be involved or why they would care of those family connections right talked about it before they're pretty huge
1: connections are very important he's old 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 american royalty so that is a a, i mean they didn't know who he was going to become later but i guarantee you they you know helped him up the ladder to where he is today as are how many people at cnn did i put down on that list eric
0: i don't know know, but we'll be going through them
1: okay well I i mean the thing with cooper Look, I mean, the guy, you know, he has obviously become a force that America trusts, which is what they want. They don't want a Michael Avenatti, who, by the way, was sentenced to 30 months in prison today um, and started. Oh, weak. he was. Absolutely. And he was He saying,
0: finally lose his law license because it was like they weren't license. even going to take that away.
1: Law <laughs> license. Uh, the guy's, you know, he's going to prison for 30 months. The reality of it is this guy was touted on CNN as the oh, next yeah. Democratic presidential nominee. He was on there over a hundred some odd times in a short period of time. And now look what has happened to this guy. He's going to federal prison. And, you know, you could say what you want about Michael Cohen or whatever. Michael Cohen was not one of the leading figures on CNN who was supposed to be uh, getting the the Democratic nomination for president, as Michael Avenatti was, and being touted by uh, CNN. I'm sure they're burning those tapes right now as I speak. But that's a fact. They're not going to cover that Avenatti broke down and cried in court today, begging for leniency, you know, and got 30 months for trying to extort money from Nike. They're not going to do that. But I'll tell you something right now. Somebody did not like Michael Avenatti and took him out. And we don't know who that is. But, you know, we have to surmise there's certain powers (laughs) in the country that are pulling the strings at this point.
0: All right. Well, then let's go right into our next figure. And this guy is... Of prominence. And we'll talk about why in a minute, but let's talk about his background and then we'll go into what why it's like. it to be
1: a CIA field operative. I, you know, I, I don't know his complete background of what he did, but apparently a likable guy. He's got good ratings on Fox. Uh, he's on the radio and he's got different um, followings. Like, I, as I said, it doesn't matter what side they're on. This guy could just as easily be on CNN saying the opposite crap. But now he's you know, he's on Fox and he came on Tucker a bunch of times and then he got his own show briefly. He was filling in for various people. And you say to yourself, "Okay, what's the deal with this guy? I mean, I don't know the deal with this guy. All I know is this is a former, according to him, CIA officer in the field, a tactical officer in the field. Okay, so he did that. It's not the same to me as having an Iraq war veteran come back and run for office, to have a a military guy, that's not the same thing as somebody who is willing to come on TV and say, you know, I, I was in Persian Gulf one and two, I did this, I did that, you know, now I'm a civilian running for office. That's not what this guy is. This guy is saying, I'm a former CIA guy, trust me. And that's an impossibility. So now, as I said to you, the most treasured gift of the realm, the crown of the realm of the American right was Rush Limbaugh. He was the man. He was the voice of the American right for how many years? I mean, he got the congressional. The
0: Excuse me? Since the
1: 80s. Right, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, had the biggest following of any radio personality in American history. I mean, I mean, I was driving one time through the Midwest and I was driving across the country. I was in Nebraska somewhere and I was going state by state by state. And even through Nebraska and the whole region, as I turned the dial on the radio, he was on the next station after the next station after the next station. That's how big of a voice he had. So to give this job to Buck Sexton, a CIA agent, and nobody even bats a f, f- an eyelash is outrageous. It really is outrageous. And the fact that I'm not a conservative, but I mean, the fact that conservatives sit on their hands and allow this to happen, a guy they revered a guy they revered almost in a religious manner, you know, Rush Limbaugh, who was a genius by any stretch of the imagination, especially in terms of radio, to give it to this guy, a CIA agent? Really? Really? Is that the smart thing to do, Eric? But that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Buck Sexton, the CIA operative, is now Rush Limbaugh. And if I were to tell you that five years ago, you would have laughed in my face. What a feather in the cap of the intelligence uh, community.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would have expected on um, like a Dan Bogino or something. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't have surprised me because he's right. kind of right up there already. Right. I think their politics are very close to each other. And, right. you know, well, former Secret Service, but that's fine. Right. I don't know right. there's an issue with that. But, uh, yeah. By the way,
1: just and, a black ex-cop is now the mayor of New York, which is one of the great pieces of uplifting news I've heard in months when we had no good news on the planet Earth. To have a black ex cop, New York City cop as mayor is one I have to take that as a win, to, you know, based on today's standards. And they try to Well, steal-
0: compared to who he replaced, good God. Well, I mean, a low bar. Is, I'm
1: proud as a, a New Yorker, as a New Yorker, I'm proud that they finally woke up and elected a black cop. I mean, and they tried to steal it at the end and got caught. They got caught, and then they quickly gave up. Because they realized they were caught red effin handed. And Barris and Barnes explain it in great detail on their show. I don't I won't go into it. But they got caught, they made the entire scandal go away, and an hour later they say he's the mayor. <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen a turn like that before. That was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, well, he's ironically running against Curtis Slewa of the Guardian Angels, so I'd much rather see his mayor than uh, than the black ex-cop. Curtis Sliwa has paid his dues in the subways. In the 80s, Curtis yeah. Slewa was, I don't know if you know who Curtis Slewa was, or the Guardian Angels. Yeah, he
0: was uh, the Guardian Angels. Uh, he was tied in with, um, who was it, Bernie? Bernie um,
1: Gets. Bernie Gets. Bernie Getz. yeah. All right.
0: Okay. All, all of that, that's all mixed together, right?
1: No, he's running as a Republican against the uh, ex-cop. Eric um, Anders Anderson, I guess his name is. I forgot his last name.
0: Okay, so yeah, I was going to say, so he's not actually mayor yet. He just he's the, he won the primary, right? So you're happy. You're going to be happier with the results of mayor, no matter which way it goes. It sounds like. I mean, compared to De Blasio, oh, oh no, no, obviously, yeah. I mean, they
1: they were running the sanitation <laughs> chief, a woman who was uh, the garbage lady, against. Um, uh, uh, the black cop, ex-cop, they were running the sanitation chief against uh, him, which was really strange. And they had a BLM person and they had Yang. Yang. I mean, look at Yang. Yang couldn't win the mayor Democratic nomination in New York. There wasn't a chance in hell of that guy winning that nomination. Nobody cared that this guy came from wherever he came from. I mean, the, the thing about uh, the, uh, the Eric, the cop, is he was the, he's the Brooklyn Borough president. He's he's Mm. from Brooklyn. He beat the streets as a cop. The guy's the borough president of Brooklyn, for crying out loud. The guy should have walked in. And yet it was 51-49 with them pulling out 135,000 votes out of left field in the middle of the night. You know, give me a break. They were calling him Trump. They pounced on him immediately saying he was Trump for complaining about the election. And he was right. And they quickly backed off. They quickly backed off.
0: Um, I'm not sure if you can TLDR Curtis history.
1: Oh, okay. So uh, Curtis Sliwa formed the guardian angels in response to a very similar situation today in New York where crime was rampant and was going through the roof. It was before Mm. Brett got there, it was before Giuliani and he patrolled with his uh, mostly Puerto Rican uh, friends who formed the guardian angels, Puerto Rican black and some whites um, through the subway system uh, to to provide protection for the citizens who were quite happy that the Guardian Angels were there. I, I rode those subways. Nothing, mm. nothing made you feel better than people applauding when Curtis Lee, when the Guardian Angels walked through those subway cars in the 1970s wow. in New York. Uh, I mean, I, it was staggering how, how important Curtis Lee was at the time. And in fact, I, you know, the connection of Bernie Getz is not really a connection other than um, – You know, Bernie Goetz was repeatedly being robbed. He finally got a handgun. He was being robbed by four more, uh, black teens and he finally had had enough and he shot him, you know, and that was the story of Bernie Goetz. I mean, then they ran him through the ringer, you know, uh, because he had the audacity to defend himself after being beaten and robbed so many times that, uh, he finally fought back, you know, which is uh, a lot of it led to Sliwa and the Guardian Angels, um, which would make a fantastic film by the way I was talking to <laughs> I was talking to Thomas Jane about it just a couple months ago he didn't know who Curtis Lee was either and I thought you know a film has got to be made about the guardian angels you know
0: if there's a lot of that isn't there i mean like um i've had covered the 70s uh, liberation army with Brad Schreiber and i mean Patty Hearst i mean a lot of crazy stuff that has kind of been forgotten i mean completely and right, another right. example is um uh, I had on a FBI bomb person, and he pointed out the numbers, and I, I just did not realize that in the early 70s, they were bombing the hell out of everything. And I knew that there were bombs. There was a couple of post offices. But no, it was like hundreds of bombs. Hundreds of bombs. Hundreds of bombs. Oh, the
1: weather on like, the literally, if I'm incorrect, 273 bombings in one year. Uh, I think that's a low estimate. They were bombing the Capitol. They bombed the laboratory. They bombed the post office. They bombed every single yeah. structure in the in in. Well, they blow up a townhouse in the, in in the West Village, killing themselves. You know that was one thing. Uh, Dustin Hoffman lived next door to that townhouse in West West in the West Village. Uh, and that was them by mistake blowing themselves up, but intentionally. Um, they were able to plant explosives all through Washington, D.C. They blew up police stations. They blew up uh, a, a lot of different things. And when they went underground and came back, they just got a slap on the wrist they, because oh, they, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, the they commuted sons and daughters. Yeah, Clinton commuted um, Bernadette Dorn.
1: Right. Well, they all got commuted. Every single one of yeah. them got commuted. I mean, or, or you know, the, 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 the fact that um, – that uh, the DA of San Francisco's mother um has gotten out of prison and she was involved in the uh bank robbery in uh Westchester County i believe it was with the with the i want to say the Black Liberation Army i forget the full name it was a, it was a New York Westchester a New York based Harlem based group that was into cocaine and chiropractic if that's a combination cnc and uh <laughs> She she was I mean, they, two guards were killed and one was black. Uh, it was a, the armored car heist up there. Uh, notorious, notorious robbery. And uh, she finally got out of prison. I think Obama pardoned her or paroled her. And um, Bowden is the child of her and Bowdoin was raised by Bernadine Dorn and and Bill Ayers out of Chicago while the mother was serving time for the murder bank robbery in Westchester County, New York. And now
0: she's... Bill Ayers, who was an advisor to Obama. They're close friends. Right. Yeah, that same dude. The same dude who
1: ghost wrote Obama's first memoir uh, by his own admission. He was the ghostwriter and writer of Obama's uh, book that sold millions of copies. How do I know that? Because Bill Ayers says he did. That's why. Bill Ayers put in nautical references all through the book. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that one I don't know about. But Bill Ayers um, wrote Obama's first book as a ghostwriter, got paid, demanded more money, and typical of Obama, he boxed him out, never spoke to him again. So... (laughs) Um, you can take what you want out of that, but what Bill Ayers says was that he was Bill Ayers himself was a merchant marine, and he points out all the different uh, nautical references that he puts in the book. And uh, Obama was never at sea as a as a merchant marine, so it's kind of funny. But yeah, hey, well, you know
0: what? I'm I'm happy he got frozen out. Tough shit. What a, he's a scoundrel. No, no, no. No I, I I, I love for uh, Air. I don't really care for either, really. But um,
1: but they He's the current DA of San Francisco as their child, who then went and worked with a dictator in Venezuela named Hugo Chavez. That was his last job on his resume, was working as an interpreter for Hugo Chavez. So, of course, the next step up the ladder is to become the district attorney of San Francisco. Everybody knows that. Once you're the dictator's translator in Venezuela, the obvious next job is district attorney of a major American city. Right, Eric?
0: You know what this sounds? This sounds like the Mueller path. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that where it's like, well, all of a sudden they're over here for some crazy-ass reason. Then, boom, they're over here for some crazy reason. Right. So, you know, anyway, it goes, it goes all around. And by the way, that's Republicans, so we're not— We're going to pick on all parties. Yeah. Um, Let's jump to our next um, Uh fine candidate.
1: This is Bob Bear. uh, Robert Mm -hmm. Bear, is that who this is? Yes. I don't remember. Yeah, he's aged a little bit. I'm sorry. So Bob Bear, by the way, the the movie Syriana is based on his life. Um, as a CIA operative, in case anybody's uh, interested, which is why they do this. In other words, you have a guy like Bob Bear. Okay, he's on CNN, and he's he's smoothing over the news or controlling some elements of the news. But then they also move into Hollywood. So now they make a movie based, quote, unquote, on what his cockamamie bullshit is. Who knows how much veracity in it is in it? They want this guy to look good. They want the CIA to look good. So they make the movie Syriana. What, what 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 I like is the fact that the name of his character in the movie is Robert Barnes. <laughs> and that, that, I think, is, <laughs> that's the funniest part of the movie. Oh, uh, I'm later on, that. Bob Bear was hosting a show, I think two years ago, in search of Oswald. Uh, I think it might have been on Discovery Channel. He was tracking Oswald's movements through wherever Oswald went or trying to find something on Oswald, multi-part series. Um, and so much of it was fallacious. I couldn't even watch it anymore. It was just in- insane. You
0: okay, know, the next guy, you had me pull a picture on him, of him. He's uh, been on Rogan a bunch of times. He's very, very open that is he's a CIA guy. But he seems to be kind of almost on the same team of not necessarily being pro-CIA, even though he was. And that's uh- Mike Baker.
1: Yeah, I don't know much about Baker. I, I mean, look, obviously, Rogan is uh, has lets everybody on the show. Let me just put it that way. I mean, it's, it's weird how open he is without vetting these people. I don't know what Mike Baker's story is. The point of the matter is the infiltration of American media. They're not doing it for any other reason but intelligence purposes. You think Mike Baker gives a shit about Joe Rogan? He wants to be a part so they can get inside information on whatever Rogan's got going on, whatever CNN's got going on, whatever MSNBC's got going on, Fox. They want to be there first. They want to sit in a room with a bunch of editors and find out what they're thinking and what they're doing. It couldn't be more obvious. You know, how we stop them is through legislation. You you have to pass legislation that these guys cannot be in American media. It, it's just common sense, and this has no party. I'm saying it has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican. You have to have legislation. We have certain legislation about lobbyists, right, Eric? Isn't there like a seven-year waiting period when you leave?
0: Technically, oh, military. Um, right. it, it depends on what the, what what your job is, and it's not really enough of a period because. I agree, but there is. It, well, company, that's why it? we have think tanks. We I have mean, think, think tanks are nothing on, more than a to,
1: to give you I have a salary. I would take a huge <laughs> hit off this water. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go uh, on. Everything. Yeah.
0: I understand it. Well, think tanks are nothing more than a, um, shall we say free parking on the monopoly money that they're going to pick up later. So you leave the military, you leave the government, you leave the military, you know, that you've got deals with all the defense contractors, whatever you helped accomplish them. You helped approve the contracts, whatever. And then when you leave, you can't technically be hired. So where right. do you go? You go to a think tank and right. it is like a nice, perfect fraternity for, um, ex-connected uh, people, whatever you want to call it, and then they drift in and out of the think tank as a nice uh, holding pattern.
1: Uh, look, I, I agree. The, 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 the lobbying laws didn't exist until you know 10 or 15 years ago, I, I believe, and I, I think the same laws should be constructed to prevent CIA, NSA. Look, Do you want James Clapper leaving uh, the intelligence community and being the host of a show on CNN with his defense clearance and his security clearances the next day? I mean, he's literally using that to pave the way to a two point five million dollar salary to be an analyst. I mean, it's insane. It's No, it's insane. No democracy could function like this.
0: You can't have a choice because I can't think of many things I want him to do. I wouldn't want him as a crossing guard.
1: No, no, I agree. I mean, the same thing, I mean, the same thing with John Brennan. I mean, uh, you know, we'll get into Obama's family uh, in, in a later episode, but, you know, the, the situation in Indonesia when Obama was a kid, you know, years later before he became president, right before they went village to village with a crew of CIA operatives telling everyone to shut the F up if the media comes to ask them about Obama's childhood in Indonesia. And leading that crew was a man named John Brennan, who later became his CIA chief. That's how Brennan made his bones with Obama. Um, You know, I'm sure he did some other things, but he was the one leading this gang of thugs through Indonesia, threatening them. If they talk to the media, there'll be consequences. So,
0: By the way, I've had um, some CIA people on. I noticed. And I know
1: some. You have to get some more on because there's not enough. There's just not enough. (laughs)
0: <laughs> hey, you know, what? Uh, you know, I got to get in my, you know, get my beak wet to quote Corolla, yeah. but um, let's just say that there are almost different sides within the CIA. Okay, not every one of them is a corrupt creep. They, there's a war within, mm-hmm. especially as um, times have shifted. So you have like old school, which kind of be a kind of a much more right wing angled one. Then you have the Brennan's and. I have heard not positive things about Brennan from people who know him directly. Really? I mean, not I'm positive wrong. at all. Yeah, I'm surprised. really a good guy. Yeah, yeah. I thought it's he was a good guy.
1: That's sad. What yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> guy's a mad dog. I mean, let's face it. He's a mad dog. Clapper's a mad dog. These people should be nowhere near the levers of power in any form of government, even at the local level. They should not be in charge of the school board. These are corrupt liars that are through and through, you know, uh, really Mm. archaic holdovers from the Cold War against the Soviets that have probably been bought off by the Chinese at this point. Um, You know, I I mean, put it this way. You know, there was a what's the guy's name? Gus, uh, uh, who who ran the American Communist Party? Uh, Gus Hall. Gus Hall. Mm. Gus Hall had a running mate. Um, (laughs) Gus Hall had a running mate for, for vice president. Gus Hall was the head of the American Communist Party. Um, His running mate was Angela Davis of the Black Panther Party. So it was an incredible multicultural Mm -hmm. ticket. You had Gus Hall and then you had Angela Davis. So John Brennan brags about voting for that ticket. Now, I don't know what CIA chief and what parallel universe would say that I voted for the head of the American Communist Party and the head (laughs) of the Black Panther Party in order to get a job as the head of the CIA, I could see him getting a job as at the Southern Poverty Law Center, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Or, or some other, you know, thing, you know, Black Lives Matter. But John Brennan claims in, in public to, and bragging before the Black Congressional Caucus that he voted for Gus Hall and Angela Davis. Even I didn't vote for Gus Hall and Angela Davis. And, and, and I had... The American Freedom Party or American Peace and Freedom Party, or some leftist party, come to me at one point. This is in the 80s to see if I'd be interested in running on a ticket with Timothy Leary as vice president. I forgot to tell you this. Peace oh, dude. In, I swear to God. I just remember just that.
0: Just hang out with Leary would would have been amazing.
1: Leary told me a great story one time. He said that he was speaking before a sold out crowd at the University of Chicago in an, in an, in a, in an auditorium. It must have been like 8000 people. I don't know the University of Chicago, but he's speaking to a huge crowd of students and he forgets his trend of thought. He doesn't know where he is. Right. And he just loses his rap because it was getting old and he comes back and he looks at them and he just says, senility, what a great F and high. And they just cracked up laughing. And Leary told me that himself. I just, thought, that was a great
0: story. Great story. What, what a great comeback too. All, All right, right. So comeback. on to. Yeah.
1: I don't know. who. Uh, Mill- I, I, I know she's somebody, but I don't know where she is now. Uh, At least she's
0: identified.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I don't think she's identified anymore. We're going to have to look it up. But CIA military analyst. I mean, there's a lot of girls, too. I mean, don't forget Valerie Plame and that whole thing. That mm-hmm. was made into a movie with Sean Penn, you know, uh, uh, about Plame and her husband. Think, think about all these movies that were generated, you know, just because they were CIA people. I mean, it's a, a lot of stuff that was generated in the 80s and 90s. You know, we're a far cry from Three Days of the Condor, where Robert Redford is just running because he reads books. He's just a book reader. Um, who's
0: the one mm-hmm. on the right? Valerie Plame. Oh, Valerie Plame. Right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, Valerie yeah, Plain. I'm trying to keep up. Keep no, no, up. no, no, yeah. no. Rogues Gallery here of uh, oh, I mean, Bob Air, right. Anderson Cooper, it, and it, Valerie Plame. Other than
1: the Soviet Union, what country would have three cia analysts on the same show in the same block of of video programming other than ours look at that cia 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 it's like pulling the lever in vegas and hitting all diamonds you know what i mean (laughs) it just comes flowing out all the coinage well
0: i'm sure that there are some coins involved um that might be involved with black budgets and uh, by the way i just want to point out
1: one thing Anderson Cooper had such a stable, balanced family, um, his background, that one Thanksgiving dinner, his brother got off the table and dove out the window of the uh, living room to his death. Go on. Wow. Okay. So I mean, I'm, little, I'm, 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 sorry, I'm
0: sorry. No, I'm sorry. He got, up on, the table,
1: know, he got up on the table, and he ran and dove out the window headfirst to his death um, during Thanksgiving. I mean, is that the type of person, that family that you want in the intelligence uh, community? Might be damaged. I don't know.
0: Well, I don't know. Judging by the recruitment now, absolutely, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know what's so funny is you were talking earlier about the recruitment now. Mm-hmm. Ironically, that's who you would recruit to be an asset, right? Not an officer, right? You would go to another country and you would find people like that who are very uncertain of their identity or how they fit in or whatever else Mm -hmm. and recruit them to flip. So it's almost like the CIA is recruiting all of the people who would never get a clearance in the past. Mm -hmm. And also,
1: I I think once the Soviet Union collapsed – they lost their way. You know, they, they there was no enemy there anymore. It's an enemy that had been there for so long, Eric. You know that they simply lost their way and began to make these movies and and got into terror anti terrorism stuff, and that kind of dissipated because the left embraced I they embraced Iran, they embraced the Palestinians, they in essence embraced the terrorist community. Am I wrong? I mean, they they have put their arms around them.
0: And now china that's why i was thinking i was thinking about just now remember the people they're recruiting for the cia are literally who would be recruited as assets it's almost as if the cia might be run by china because they're yeah. recruiting assets within the government
1: well the the fact that the, that you never hear and i said this you hear about savak you hear about Mossad in american pop culture you hear a shitload about the kgb even though they don't exist anymore you hear about the NSA all the time. You hear about the CIA all the time. You hear about the FBI all the time. You hear about all these organizations all the time. Let me ask you something. When was the last time you heard about the Communist Chinese Intelligence Organization?
0: CCP? Well, yeah. No, no, no. no. no, no. The
1: Intelligence Division. It's not CCP. The entire mm. CIA of, of, of the Communist Chinese Party. When was the last time in pop culture or media that you heard about the CIA of China? Never. Thank you for your answer. Tell him what he's won, Bob. You've won an expense-paid trip to Puerto Vallarta. Absolutely true. You think that's an accident?
0: Sadly, no. Right. Okay. Sadly, no. Right. Uh, all right. So next on the roster. Who's this guy? Aki Peretz. Or Aki Peretz. Peretz. Peretz.
1: Him I don't remember. Is, he, is it a family guy? Is he...
0: I don't know. He was on your list.
1: <laughs> I have to look him up. It's been a couple of years. I'm gonna okay. look we'll get back to that guy. I don't remember him. Philip well, this this guy's a maniac. I mean, this guy, this guy, I think, was FBI and CIA. He, he's like the left-wing Bongino, this guy, Philip Mudd. I think he goes back, and, I, and I'll have to check this out. I believe he goes back all the way to Dr. Mudd who fixed the broken leg of John Wilkes Booth when he was riding at a DC on his No bike. way. I believe that's a fact of life. And I, there was a news ad, a newscaster in New York named uh, Mudd who claimed that he was the descendant of Dr. Mudd, and I believe that Philip Mudd is the descendant of Dr. Mudd. Guarantee you, bro. Guarantee no. you. We had a guy named Mudd, Roger Mudd, who was a big CBS. Roger Mudd was a huge national CBS analyst. He was jilted to become the next Walter Cronkite. He was slated to move into the uh, anchor seat. They burned him. He was embittered and eventually quit uh, CBS News, Roger Mudd. Roger Mudd was a direct descendant of Dr. Mudd in the John Wilkes Booth case. And Mudd was sent to... I want to was not hung by the way he because he only set the leg. Mud uh, was not was sent to Devil's Island I think for uh, imprisonment for many years. And this guy, I think I looked it up once. Um, Elmer Mud is it? Just no, no. Okay, he's saying Elmer Fudd. I guess that's a it's an internet joke, but. This mud, uh, Philip Mud, is also a wild dog. I mean, he has said the craziest stuff. I don't know where he went to if he's still on CNN anymore. But he uh, ranting and raving all the time, a loose loose cannon.
0: Well, and Roger Mud um, was comp- competing against rather, right?
1: Yes, yes, that's what Dan Rather's seat. That's right. That was Rath- the Rath- open Rath- seat left by Cronkite. No,
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Rath- no, Rath- rather, Dan Rather. Oh, this this Dan is Rath- my blowing, by the way. Rather, eventually, was shamed and run out of the business for making up a story, a complete hack. And mm-hmm. people are holding him up like he's an old timey, great journalist. Now, have you noticed that? Uh,
1: yeah, he's tried to rehabilitate re, uh, himself. Rehabilitate himself. But uh, going back to Dan Rather, he made his bones on Daily Plaza's grassy knoll. Uh, nobody he's realized that, he was that a reporter. He, he, he forced his way in to see the Zapruder film. Um, when it was kicking around the day of the of the of the uh, transfer of the of the film, he got in there to see the film. Came out and he said to the public on on the news that the um, uh, shot against uh, Kennedy's head made it go uh, forward. The shot from behind made his head go forward clearly in the film, and as we now know in the film, his head goes back into the left, as demonstrated in JFK. What this guy did, what what, what what Dan Rather did, the first big lie was to come out, say he saw the Zapruder film, and he said it's crystal clear that he was shot from behind because his head and his body go forward and down. OK, when Dan Rather later toured colleges in the late 70s as a, doing a lecture circuit, the entire college community would chant back and to the left, back and to the left to taunt him, to taunt him because he lied about what he'd seen in the Zapruder film. And they would just chant back and to the left, back and to the left, every time he spoke at colleges.
0: Well, it makes me wonder if maybe uh maybe he had a tie to uh Well, that's how he made yeah. his bones.
1: Eric, that's how you make your bones by doing stuff like that. You I mean, they don't just give out anchor seats. You know, I mean this guy lied and and somebody approved of that lie. I mean, look, Gerald Ford moved the sketch on the autopsy from the back of Kennedy's shoulder to the back of his neck and admitted it on the autopsy sketches. He moved the bullet hole during the Warren Commission. He admitted he did it for the good of the American people to explain the trajectory better because the back right shoulder of JFK was where the bullet, a bullet, penetrated about a half an inch. So he took that hole with his pencil and he moved it to the back lower portion of Kennedy's neck to explain the trajectory of the bullet from behind coming out of his throat, which it never did, of course. And the only reason I know that is because Gerald Ford said he did it.
0: <laughs> you know what I was just thinking about it. It is ironic though. Um the CIA probably helped rather get his position, but then rather lost his position mm-hmm. when he went after a certain president who was the son of another president who was also the director of the CIA.
1: Absolutely. I mean, what, what do you Strange say?
0: coincidence? No,
1: of course We had a couple of phone calls, and that was the end of Dan Rather. I mean, six ways to Sunday, as Chuck Schumer says. Right, Eric?
0: There you go. Right. And, well, he also says the erection.
1: The erection. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> all right. Who else we got on our list? Let's see.
0: We have. Oh, Dana Bash.
1: Her husband is a CIA. Uh, I forget his name. Something Bash.
0: Uh, he- Jeremy.
1: Jeremy Bash is CIA. Her
0: ex-husband, I guess.
1: Ex-husband, yeah. So he never called her ever again after they broke up, I'm sure, never tried to get any information out of her (laughs) ever again. Is that him on the right? He looks like a character from an SNL sketch.
0: Uh, It is him on the right, yeah.
1: What, he's got tons of makeup on. looks like he's impersonating himself. Very
0: strange. I don't know. Maybe they're cross-dressing.
1: But the point of the matter is this is an intelligence couple, like Valerie Plame and her husband. So nope, nope. That explains
0: no, sure. yeah. All Keep right. Mind, this
1: is just CNN that we're talking about, and MSNBC, cable. God knows what's going on at, at NBC News or ABC News or CBS News. You
0: know. Well, well, well let's talk about another network here, and uh, let's talk about the, this thing that I pulled up. Okay. This is a CIA lapel pin.
1: Ah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and what lapel can that is- possibly fit on? That that thing looks to be huge. You could probably yeah. see that on TV. If a guy wore it on TV,
0: right? I don't know oh,
1: Jesus oh look at that. oh my God oh Jesus, what can that mean? what what man in this day and age, and I guess there's only one man doing it <laughs> would wear a CIA lapel pin underneath the American flag pin? I don't think a visual modern day media photo, could possibly sum up the shithole that we're in right now than that photo. And I don't mean anything personal about Hannity. I just mean the photo, the juxtaposition of the CIA pin and the American flag pin. The fact that that guy, who is the lead anchor, I guess, on Fox at night, is wearing those two together. I mean, that's where we are right now as a nation. Yeah. I mean, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. I would think it would be bizarre if... You know, Don Lemon was wearing a BLM pin, but this thing is 10 times more bizarre.
0: Well, and it's, it's shocking, too, in that it's sense not. that because he, he is just flat out wearing it right there in front of everybody. And it's, I don't know
1: why. You know, Glenn Greenwald said last night on Tucker, he said they are not only spying on you, not only reading your emails, but they're telling you they're doing it to taunt you, which is what they do. They want you to know that they're doing this and can do this to you at any time, to put the fear of God into you. Now I don't know what the what they have on Hannity if you know, to make him do that. I'm sure Hannity didn't wake up one day and say, God, I love the CIA so much. I wish I had a fuck an F and Lapel pin. I mean, something transpired right. where somebody gave him that pin and said, We'd like you to wear this as a sign of homage or a sign of something. I mean, the American flag pin is one thing, but who the hell runs around on Fox or, or any show with a CIA lapel pin? It's insane. Is there an NSA pin? Can I get one of those?
0: Also, Hannity was super tight with Trump, wasn't he?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Who wanted kind of makes from the CIA?
0: Kind of makes me wonder, doesn't it?
1: Look, stranger things have happened. I mean, uh, you can't trust anybody nowadays because now the the these our enemies are now internal. You know.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, maybe they are watching me. Uh, well, I know, was- I know they're
1: watching me, that's for sure. So you're you're going to have guilt by association. They've been on me for years.
0: Oh, no, you and Oliver. Were they on oh, you?
1: Pre- I was working for Crooks and Liars on the left and covering the um, butterfly ballot election at West Palm Beach. I was down there, um, you know, doing that. I, don't know if I was on the left, but I mean, I was the same guy, but that was a leftist uh, pretty big website. And, um, John Amato and I, who was the editor would be on the phone and we'd hear them talking in the background and we'd go, bro, we can hear you talking, you know, like it was ridiculous. And then when I started work for Oliver, it, it just escalated years later, you know, and, and, um, I had a military intelligence guy come over to my house posing as a, um, uh, AT&T employee and, um, AT and T came the next day, and I told them this guy was here, and they sent AT and T security over. They removed eight wiretaps from my landline down the basement of my house here. So now,
0: let's let's talk about that and close out on that because I yeah. I have wondered. You were obviously on the left at one point. I mean, I think no. anybody who I mean, if you're a Lenny Bruce aficionado. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you actually shift or did the Overton window shift away from you?
1: Uh, I haven't. I'm just looking at it as a free thinker. I have not changed at all. I mean, look, I voted for Obama twice. I mean, it is what it is. You know, I voted for Hillary Clinton a bunch of times, you know, and then the move of that party became the the American Communist Party. I mean, I'm not welcome there anymore. You know, I mean, you you look at uh, uh, Dershowitz. Mm-hmm. He says his party moved and he's still in it. I can't in good conscience be part of that. I mean, I'm still a registered Democrat, but I mean, I'm, you know, voting on the right hand side of the aisle now, you know, when I can, you know, uh,
0: obviously You're like a Kennedy Democrat in a lot of ways, like a Kennedy Democrat.
1: Like I said to uh, Barnes the other day, my, um, my grandfather was a campaign manager, was a Democratic campaign manager for uh, the mayor of New York in 1950, 1950 uh, impelitary as a one-term, uh, mayor. And my grandfather was, um, uh, part of the Meade Esposito democratic machine in Brooklyn as a accountant and bag man. Um, as I said, he worked as a campaign manager uh, for impelitary, um, against the Tammany Hall candidate later on, Robert Wagner came in, but, um, yeah, no, I grew up in a completely democratic household, you know, I mean, a union household, my father was union, everything, you know, it's just a, regular kennedy democrats is, is really the background
0: and i i wonder about this and you actually have known some of these people but i kind of wonder like if abby hoffman were alive today if he might be hanging out with alex jones I, as Absolutely. odd as that sounds it, I know. It's, like,
1: it's weird because i see that in a lot of people i see that in uh, John Stewart coming on and dueling with Stephen Colbert the other night, I see Bill Maher chafing at the bit. I know this guy doesn't buy this commie horse shit. Comics don't buy this shit. I essentially consider myself a comic. Comics are the tip of the spear. We are just free thinkers. It's not about parties for us. We, just, we have built-in bullshit detectors. That's what makes a comic. That's what Lenny Bruce said. If Lenny Bruce was alive today, he'd be railing against the Democrats and the DNC. There's very little doubt in my mind that Abby would be doing the same thing. I see Jon Stewart trying to do it. I see Louis C.K. being sent to the basement as punishment. You know, I mean, I I see uh, uh, Mar and these guys wanting to bust out, but they can't, you know, because they're trapped in that bubble. You know, and the the pressure is so enormous, the damage is so uh, uh, demonstrative if they act out that, you know, they're they're kind of sticking their toe in the water, the way I see it right now, Eric. I mean, each week, there's another revelation from Bill Maher that he's not going to take it anymore. Eventually, I think they're going to replace him, you know, with somebody else. But, uh, you know, that's the price he's going to have to pay, I think.
0: Yeah, I no, um, They keep bringing up uh, George Carlin. I I agree. I mean, Carlin, I think, which is so funny because I Carlin is – Pretty anti-authority. Pro- right. I mean, well, he was the protege of Lenny Bruce in a lot of ways.
1: Right. I mean, I knew Carlin pretty well the last, I want to say, five years of his life. I became pretty intimate with him. And Really? he. Oh, yeah. He was um, anti-authority. I mean, just like Lenny and just like, you know, everybody else is a comedian. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's not just comedians. It's writers. It's free thinkers. I challenge you to tell me. Even during the Soviet Union, great literature came out of the Soviet Union. Great films came out of the Soviet Union. Great stuff came out of the Soviet Union as art from Solzhenitsyn to Tolstoy all down the line. Tell me the great novelists of communist China. Tell me the great films of communist China. Tell me the great art that's coming out of communist China. A atheistic, brutal, totalitarian regime. Tell me the art that's coming out of there. And you will understand where we're headed. Tell me the, the great films that are being made today in the United States. They don't exist. They do not exist. Art is the first casualty of totalitarianism.
0: Ouch. This is a well-played comment. Um, Eric Hundley, And then there's Rage Against the Machine that are now the voice of the machine.
1: I mean, Morello, I guess, is a is a communist. So uh, Morello is the voice of that band. I, mm-hmm. I else to say about you know rage against the machine other than they did a great cover of kick out the jams uh wayne kramer's <laughs> on <from> the mc5 <laughs> I've, seen rage, I've seen rage a bunch of times so i'm a fan but uh obviously they've okay. got different politics now
0: well no but well they're selectively political in the sense that they're absolutely communists, but make sure they get 200 ahead for tickets to their concert um yeah, you know, they're the typical hypocritical communist. And, and good on them. You know, make make your own I don't you know, know. Make, make some it's hay cool. while the sun's shining. <laughs>
1: right. I mean, it, it, we're in dark times right now. I just want to give a shout out if I could to um this guy Matt Brainerd. I don't know if you know who he is. I heard the name. Okay, so Matt Brainerd has a group called Look Ahead America and they have a website called lookaheadamerica.org. Uh lookaheadamerica.org. Matt Brainerd is he's
0: been collecting problem. the results on the election. Well, he's, a
1: voting, he's a voting integrity guy. But in this yeah, okay, particular okay, okay. case, he has organized buses to Washington for the 17th of July, um, which is this week, to protest the um, January 6th 500 prisoners who are in solitary mm-hmm. confinement under lock and key in a D.C. jail. He is taking buses from all across the country in a massive effort to speak out against this political prisoner uh, chaos that's going on in D.C. right now where they can't get lawyers, they can't get bail, they have no trials. There's just 556 people who have been charged with essentially nothing. Uh, so if you want to get on one of those buses, which I strongly urge you to do, reach out to Matt Brainerd at org, and he'll put you on a bus and um, – you know, you got to do something. You can't just sit at home watching, you know, live streams and Netflix all day long. You got to get off your ass, you know, on the left. And I've been in a million anti-war protests. You know, the slightest uh, event would happen and there would be a million people on the street. You know, I remember Abby Hoffman saying he was going to levitate the Pentagon at that Mm -hmm. protest in D.C. And, you know, having all the generals run out of the Pentagon, Eric, in fear that he was going to levitate the Pentagon while Allen Ginsberg was chanting right next to him with little finger symbols. And the generals literally ran out of the Pentagon thinking that Abbie Hoffman was going to levitate it and it was going to cause some trouble. So you can make a statement, whether it's through guerrilla theater, whether it's through art, you know, whether it's through getting on a bus and going to this prison and just standing outside silently. The time for being quiet is over. We're up against the Communist Chinese Party. They may be disguised as AOC. They may be disguised as a lot of different people and not show their face. Uh, but essentially, when I see an Anderson Cooper, I see a Chinese guy with, bottle, you know, with bottled glasses on telling me the, the Chinese Communist Party party line. And we could sit here and take it like a frog boiling in a, in a pot slowly or we can get off our frog ass and do something about it. And I'm not talking about bomb throwing. I'm just talking about merely showing up, you know, in a Gandhi like way and just making a statement with your body. I don't think that's hard to ask. You know what I mean? Like um, the free speech advocates in Berkeley, you know, uh, he simply said at some point it becomes so odious that you have to throw your body on the gears of the machine to stop it. And that was the beginning of the free speech movement in Berkeley. I mean, at some point, enough is enough already with this situation that we're going through, Eric.
0: Oh, well said. Uh, perfect close on that. I don't know what subject we're going to cover next. It probably won't be CIA, but it might. Okay.
1: We could go into uh, Abby. We can go into Lenny. We could go into, I gave you the list. You've got the master list.
0: <laughs> oh, can, yeah, yeah. Guess what? Uh, yeah. Unstructured.locals.com. Look out for some polls, and then you all can help decide. Let the people
1: decide. You... next.
0: <laughs> and thank you very much. Thank you. I'll see you, everybody next. Thanks so much for listening, and if you would like even more content and community, please consider joining my locals at unstructured.locals.com, and you can always find out more about me and my shows and everything I do at erichunley.com. See you next time.